The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility gaming resources. It's not another Buffalo podcast with John. That's PTSD from our childhood. Like every single time I threw remotes at the TV. I, I saw that twice a year for 17 years. <laughs> Rando. We have this trust built uh, on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever Brandon Bean's drinking over there. And Pat. How'd you like to be Trevor Lawrence, though? You're like, all right, man, here I go. First overall pick. I'm going to Florida. And then it's like, you just signed up for a job. And in the interview, they were like, oh, we like to have a lot of fun here. You know, and then you get to job the first day of work and the entire cubicle's on fire and your boss is taking a dump on the carpet. Well, I guess uh, making fun of Urban Meyer never really goes out of style. Hey, at least uh, Josh Allen didn't have four interceptions and score zero points. That's true. That's true. Well, we are uh, not another Brady hate podcast. Uh, I'm John and I'm here with uh, Pat and Brando <laughs> surviving after that. How, how do you guys feel or how did how did you feel right after the game? And, and how are you feeling now? You know, like 24 hours removed. I mean, there's like that feeling of disbelief. For a second, I felt like it was the same exact feeling at the end of of the Patriots game. I mean, both both sequences not resulting in a touchdown, but just being like, you know, if you've ever watched Dumb and Dumber, when she's like, you know, Mary Swanson tells Jim Carrey's character, like, we probably wouldn't date. It would have to be like a one in a million chance. And you know, he says, "So you're telling me that there's a chance?" <laughs> and um, you know, I was trying to hold on to that throughout. But it, great game. I, I enjoyed watching it. So. Dude, the whole thing is just like f***ed up. I'm sorry, but like I was sitting there. My dad and I were in Applebee's. We met for the game and uh, it's like, what is it? 24-3 and we leave Applebee's like, all right, see you. <laughs> we're going home. So I like start my drive back to Buffalo and I put the game on my phone so I could see it and hear it and stuff. So I, I, I don't know. As soon as it was the... Third, fourth and three from the 40 with eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, that was the game for me. Like that play to punt the ball, I thought was going to be it. And I was like so mad. I was driving by the Pembroke exit at that moment in time. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me, Sean? Like, and then I made it back to my apartment with like five minutes to go in the fourth for the last drive. It was a hell of a last drive. For the sack with Brady. The Milano sack. Oh, dude. That was like... Uh, I was jump. like about to turn on the intersection to turn down to my apartment. And Brady... I saw out of the corner of my eye, Brady side shuffle the pass rush and then complete it. And I was like, are you 
fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, with the, the offsetting flag. penalties. Yeah, oh, and I was like yelling in my car. I was like, let's go. And then Milano sacked him. I'm like honking the horn. That was like a jump out of your seat moment for sure, man. I mean, there are a couple of them. Uh, I think that might have been our only sack in the game too, which is crazy. Yeah, like uh, we'll get to some specific stuff in a second here because there's obviously a lot to to break down about that game where they want to talk about game decisions, officiating, some of the big plays and all that stuff. But Pat, you said you felt pretty much the same after the New England loss and the Tampa Bay loss. And for me, I like I felt like other worlds different. I mean, like the moment after they lost, like obviously you're like sitting there upset. But it's like that second half that we got against Tampa Bay felt like the bills that we got to watch last year. And at no point this year have I felt like that, like pumped up watching that that offense, you know, hum and, and move down the field. And it, it feels like they've finally got their mojo back that we were missing like this entire year. Like, you know, even in dominant wins over the Chiefs and stuff like that, it didn't seem like they were unstoppable. And in that second half, they just literally felt unstoppable and, and they really only got stopped by the refs and a couple of really over conservative decisions by McDermott. But I don't know. Did you guys, do you guys feel that at all? Yeah, dude. When, uh, that's why like, I was like a little upset by the call on fourth and three, like Josh is rolling, man. He is dominating. This is like a legend game for him. He almost made the legend. He almost did dude, it. He almost, uh, he had that look. He almost eye, did it. That sideline. <laughs> That he touched with his little pinky toe on his left foot when he's diving for the pylon when the ball is on the seven. Yeah. Um, like I, I was really amped. Um, I was so down after this first start of the game. I was like watching Brady throw these passes to Mike Evans. I, it might those are like that's like the greatest pass I've ever seen. Where he, he throws it before Mike Evans is he at the top of his route or makes his break, and it couldn't have landed in his arms better away from the coverage, throwing his guy open so he could get a toe touch reception. And then the throw to Mike Evans in the corner over the tip of the hands of Micah Hyde. That was a great touchdown catch, man. It just launched out of his arm. And my dad and I just looked at each other like, holy shit, man, we just got goaded. Like, this is what happens. Like, Brady is an unearthy athlete and and the fact he's freaking running on our defense like are you yeah, what serious he ran for i think three or four first downs which is crazy to think like yeah he's 44 uh i mean i just i don't know i was really happy with the way that they came out in the second half and like they did they passed to run instead of running to pass you know what i mean and, yeah yeah uh, no and they were getting chunk plays when they were yeah. running because the defense was primarily in pass coverages with light packages and and they took some of the things that Atlanta did against Tampa Bay, like some of those outside sweep handoffs out of shotgun. And those looked great. Like they had holes and actually one of those, it's like it was two plays that I felt could have been reversed. That was like the first down run um, where they ran out of the shotgun and Singletary had like 13 to 20 yards or something like that on that run. Man, I feel like if that, if that run were Matt Breida, he would have broke it. And then the next one, Matt Breida ran the same play a couple plays later and only got like six yards. And I feel like Singletary probably would have gotten 15 on that one. Like it's just the way that the play developed. But I was going to say, I mean, regardless of how well, uh, you know, Matt Breida or Devin Singletary played, I mean, there's only one guy that's the leading rusher. And he might be the leading rusher on the season for this team. We'd have to look at the stats. But I mean, I think that if nothing else, it's it's cool to know that we got four games left that Brian Dable is just going to let him roll. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, you know, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Matt Breida, 
you know, they're good players in their own right, but it's good to see that, you know what I mean? We're, we're kind of taking it in our own hands to, you know, balance the game out a little bit. So, well, it's interesting because I feel like Josh knows there's a lot of RPOs called yesterday for Josh and he just chose the P instead of the R. And when he chose the R, he ran it himself, which was the matchup that he wanted. They need him to do that. And they sprained his foot, which is scary, but like it seemed like he did okay and he's day to day right now. But I mean, I'm not, we're not going to get into the Panthers preview yet, but you know, maybe that's a Mitch Trubisky game because if you can't beat the Panthers with Mitch Trubisky, do you deserve to be there anyways? <laughs> right. That's right. besides the point. Um, but he put the team on his back the whole game and he was overcoming his coaching. It's just like, I don't, I don't like that you're paying this offense so much money and you don't trust them to go get three yards. And I know, I don't know if you want to get into the decision making right now, but like, Oh, dude, I really, want to. I want to. Okay, this like really lit me on fire. So that play, right? I'm I mean, driving on the so, way. More so than officiating for me. Like I was yeah, oh, yeah, more pissed me at me the too. McDermott decisions. Yeah. Because that's that's within your power. That's within your reach. Yep. If you don't try to dictate the stuff, it's gonna get you dictate to it. Like the refs are gonna like you shouldn't be in that position, right? You shouldn't be in the position that that is affecting the game this much. But it happens. But I don't know. When I was driving and McDermott punts on the fourth and three and he can't go do a sweep for Josh for three yards and it's like, this is cowardly. He is being cocky as hell right now because he thinks his defense is going to stop the goat and he thinks he's going to score his offense, which has only scored 10 points right now on three straight possessions because with eight minutes to go, you're only going to get yeah. you know a couple possessions left. One. And I'm like, how can you have this You're going to get one possession. Yeah. How can you have this faith in your defense when you've get, you've gotten pretty much lit up by Brady so far? This is your first possession coming out of the half. Uh, and I understand you, you're coaching not to lose at that point, which ultimately these conservative decisions did come out in a positive factor for him, which he could say they got him to overtime. Like they had, they could have won. They win the game with calls that go their way. So, I mean, McDermott's yeah, just got, no, I agree. Cause I mean, he can argue that now, but you know, it doesn't mean I like it. Like say he goes for it. And they miss it, and then New England or not New England, Tampa scores first possession out of the half, right? Like now they're up thirty to ten. Yeah, it's I, I honestly so there's there's a couple of decisions that we're talking about in bulk here. So I honestly didn't have a huge problem kicking for overtime from the three. I had more of a problem kicking the field goal, or no, sorry, they weren't on the three. They were they were further out than the that. The three was earlier. Yeah, that so was that, that was my big problem was kicking the field goal from the three uh, on fourth and goal in the first half. It was 10 to zero at that point. And I get like not taking yourself out of the game earlier, but from all indications, like your offense hadn't done very much so far and their offense was humming. So, I mean, and then then we've got the fake punt, which that's what I was going to say. Everybody in the United States saw that coming. I was like, yeah, as I didn't soon as see they, it. I'm going to search it right now because I missed it. Dude, yesterday. literally, the, like half trotted out the offense, half trotted out the special teams. Then like three guys go talk to Sean McDermott. And then like, it was just like John said, man. And then, and then on the next possession, they keep the offense on the field. I think they're on their own 46 or something like that. It's fourth and three and they keep the offense on the field. And then like really quick, they pull the offense off the field, put the special teams on and punt. It was just like, Oh, it was delayed too. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's terrible. Honestly, so Just yeah, go so that, for it, bro. that fake punt too, like not that we're getting to the X's and O's, but it, they did like a little misdirection where the, the up back started running one way and then he uh, handed it off to Brita running the other way. And I feel like if yeah. the up back would have hung, 
hung onto the ball instead of handing it off. It. He might have yeah, had it. At no, least had a better they, shot. They There's it. a hole, right? Um, Yo, you see yeah. it. There, you can literally see the if hole. If he would have kept it, but yeah. I mean, in retrospect, though, too, do you really want Tyrell Dotson lead blocking on a fake punt that could determine the, the sake of the game? No, you want the I ball mean, in Josh <laughs> Allen's hands. I want like, Josh yeah. doing that. Like, why can't Keep Josh sweep? Like, and. I mean, one of the things I did like, I did like Dayball's game plan. Like he did, he literally like answered our Christmas list. Like we wanted more Josh Allen runs. We wanted Gabriel Davis more involved in the offense, which wasn't necessarily a game plan thing. That was more of a Emmanuel Sanders coming out. Um, and, and we wanted, you know, just no traditional handoffs, which they didn't do in the first half. And then they the were successful. They did were, were successful because they were using the pass to set up the run, you know? I don't know. Like I couldn't ask more from from Dable. I think his play calling was good. Josh had a signature game. Literally put the team on his back. Like can't ask more out of that. I mean, he's running around with a sprained ankle, grass stains, probably blood on him somewhere, and and was that close to willing his team to victory. And I was hamstringed a by the officials and b by you know first and foremost by his own coach, which is really upsetting. And but I don't know. I could I could go on. That's just the way the coaches in his era coach. It's it's Mike Tomlin, it's Ron Rivera, it's Sean McDermott, it's Bill Belichick. Sometimes it's uh, you know who else you got. In it that depends on who that, Bill's got on the field. Bill, no, nah, Bill Belichick went and beat the he beat the Colts on he went for it like on his own thirty one though. You know what I mean? Like he's he's ballsy. I, I feel like I don't know. I think Sean's more sometimes you're thinking about the iconic one where they went for it on on fourth down and didn't get it like from their own thirty, right? Well, no. I, there's there's another sequence where they did though. I mean, multiple times. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess hundred percent. You know, I guess ones we can that worked out and ones that missed. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think that more so like the Sean Ron Rivera. I mean, I guess I guess you're right in a sense Mike that McCarthy. like, but, you know, I I just guess like what's the what's the converse like? I mean, I guess Andy Reid. Like, you know what I mean? He's he had Donovan McNabb lay an egg because he's having him pass like 60 times in NFC championship games and stuff. But like, I mean, I guess, I guess like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, or like, I don't know. What are you going to be like? Pull a the, con- the converse <laughs> is, is making decisions that aren't going to decrease your team's uh, percentage of winning the game. So, you know, fourth and three, you usually have somewhere around a 50 to 60% chance of converting that. And you have more three to yards. gain. Yeah, you have more to gain from that. And and you've got Josh Allen too. Like literally the second best running weapon in football. So you've already got a scheme where you can have an extra blocker and you're already outnumbering the defense usually if you scheme it up right. But looking forward with this, obviously I would have taken a win over anything. But there's a part of me that thinks, hey, maybe the fact that they lost is is going to help Sean McDermott get his through his head that he needs to change his decision making and I I really have a little bit of faith in that because um you know games like the AFC Championship and other times it's happened this year and he hasn't changed his philosophy at all he's definitely made some more cowardly like cowardly decisions and he wasn't doing it last year and I think the, the di- difference is he believes in his defense like like an old timer which is dumb because you put all this into the offense too, and you have a better offense and you have a better defense, I think. And that's saying something because we have an elite defense, but it's not fair to Josh Allen to say, you can't pick up three yards, but I'm going to give the ball to the unit that has allowed 24 points already in two quarters of football. Yeah, And that's I mean, so cocky. That's such a arrogance to the game that he played. It's, it's, it's literally bullshit. 
so yeah. mad. I was literally, Josh looked mad on the sideline and I'm glad that he was mad, but it's dumb because it paid off for him because what, I mean, the way you look at it is they're going to score, right? They're going to score at some point and it's, you're either going to give them what, what would they need? Like two yards to kick a field goal or what do you need? 40 yards to kick a field goal, which is like one pass interference penalty to get them down the field. And I don't know. I just, you do it, go get it. And then they could have been, the other thing is like what you said, the first field goal is if they don't kick that field goal, they need a touchdown at the end of the game to win instead of sending it to overtime with a field goal. Right. Cause they would be down True. six. Yeah. And but, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff like causation based that would happen in there. Like that you, you know, beginning at beginning of the game and the end of the game, but also you're putting their offense on your three yard line their own three. Exactly. That's a, that too. was the other thing I was going to say. Right. And then think about it. You have 33% more plays to score a touchdown. If you go for it, if you know you have to score a touchdown, you have to go for it on fourth down. So that's in your brain. You're like, okay, I have four plays, four plays, four plays, right? You don't need chunk, chunk, chunk. You can get three, four yards per play, but I don't know. We looked like we played that game to kick the field goal until Josh started to dial it up like right these little out routes like Josh called the pass to go over the middle to Knox his run you know all this stuff he was the one it wasn't I don't think that was McDermott I think that was our baller quarterback yeah the other thing I want to say too is um, you know if you have faith in your defense then have faith in your defense to get a stop or hold them to a field goal on a drive that starts on the 50 yard line that's a good point yeah 30 yards of field position in today's NFL really isn't that much of a difference. You're not losing Snap, that much. Boom. No, and I mean, yeah. they didn't even score off, you know what I mean? When we had the flubbed fake punt, they didn't score off that possession, even though they Same with Josh's interception. So. They didn't score on the interception drive either. When they had short field. So if you have faith yeah. in your defense, you know, your defense also on shorter drives, your defense is going to be less tired when you're fighting in the red zone to keep them out of the end zone. They're not going to be exhausted from having, you know, gotten marched down the field on. And I get that you get more opportunities to make a stop on third down when you're making a march down the field. But guys that can routinely march their team down the field, it's like their percentage of, like, of scoring has points. Has Tom Brady is a, ever is, marched a team down the field? Yeah. I, like I Jesus know. Christ, yeah. how many times do we have to watch Tom Brady do this? Legit, dude. I thought he was going to take him down oh. when they got the rock back with like 20 seconds. I was dude, like, here we me go. too. I was like, I'm looking. I'm like, he has one timeout. They could get one. They could get two plays in probably before they have to kick a field goal. And then, all right, tell me if this is being overcritical because I, I was on the fence. Handing the ball off to Matt Breida on the first play in overtime to get three yards. I was like, eh, you just, you just dominated with your passing game and you're going to run a power up the left side for three yards. Yeah. I was like, keep it moving, man. I didn't like, like that too because also when you talk about these fourth quarter and overtime drives, the most critical play is the first one. Like there's statistical significance to tell you that the success of the drive has a large margin between having a successful first play or not. Like Stay if you out run, of the chains, right? Well, if you run for three yards or you have an incomplete pass or you have a 12-yard pass, like that, that drive that you have the 12-yard pass on is like, 90% more likely to be successful because of the rhythm. You could just get that first play in and you start rolling. And that's when your offense starts churning and the defense is on their heels. But yeah, uh, so as was, soon as Matt Breida got the handoff, I just like, I got this whiff. I was like, Oh, I'm like, Oh no. And then as soon as, as soon as Matt hack goes out there, I'm like, okay, 
in my brain where he gets him down on the seven yard line. Yeah, right? I mean, it was a boot. It was like a 70. Yard, but it's like, why would you even punt that? Because you're punting it back knowing like you got to go balls to the wall on that first possession. Because if you don't, I mean, if you kick a field goal, even on that first possession, you know what I mean? As long as they well, don't score a touchdown, you're getting the rock back. But it's like for you to just say, you know what? I, I mean, I guess like you guys said that I trust my defense. But and it's one of those deals, too. There's a lot of people that would say, why not go for it on fourth down to try and win the game? at Raymond James Stadium and just like I you thought know about I mean? you know I was thinking about that too like fourth and three from the seven come on somebody somewhere is gonna gotta, gotta be able to pick up three yards Josh Allen would have carried Ndamukong Sue with one foot over that pylon he totally would have done it for three yards 100% and like I I just we know Josh has got the gonads to do it I just hope that McDermott has the gonads in critical situations to do it in the future moving forward. But, and also, I mean, I feel like anybody who listens to Bill's content at all has already been beat over the head with the officiating and everybody knows how bad those calls were. Like Stefan Diggs was getting absolutely mauled out there on multiple occasions. And the calling wasn't even consistent either way, no. you know, cause I mean, that Levi Wallace penalty in overtime was BS to say what you want. Yeah. Just be consistent. It's all exactly. I ever want. And why is it consistent that even in the Super Bowl, that's the same way, right? Yeah. Kansas yep. City's receivers are getting hooked. I want to know what happens as a player during that game. Cause I know that I get tossed when I get mad at a ref like that. Like I go off because it's not fair. You're, injecting into the way the game is played you're making it about you and you're not the competitive advantage is there like football is that sport where like you you know you don't need to plan for the refs but pass interference can change a game so fast that like i i like the route because Diggs is so elite one-on-one coverage at the end of the play there but i mean like i also like don't love the play call because again josh allen can run the ball for three yards or get him open on a slant. Like get, you got Gabe Davis working down there. You got Knox working down there. Knox working down there to rely. Like it was like they almost had to rely on that pass interference call from Diggs. That's what they wanted to do instead of wanting to go give them their best play and score. And I don't right. like that. I don't like when people play for that call. It's like you think about the fade as a route concept in itself. Oh, like I it's hate, not that successful often. I like, hate the goal line fade. It has to like, be a real big mismatch on a receiver. Like it has yeah, to be a superstar. It's like, and be, Diggs is a superstar, but like, but you know, if you, if you got Rob Gronkowski on Dane Jackson, you throw that fade every single time. But and speaking of which, I thought that Dane did a great job on Gronkowski. Yeah, for that's the most what part. I'm. I'm happy he made us proud. Honestly, like I, that's why I, I, you know, even though I guess it would have been two weeks ago, we were really concerned about the Trey White aspect of it. I did think, and he had a great pass breakup on Gronk late in the game too. That like. Got that was lucky. That, Gronk almost made it an elite catch over his helmet. Did you and see that? Dane almost had a crazy pick too. Yeah, like, I saw that. When they he went, was on the ground. They went like, and, yeah, I mean, he had, he had some good stat lines. And you know what else I'll say? And I've ragged on this unit for the Bills all year. And I've said they're trash. And I've said that they're overpaid. And some of them are, yes. But to only let up three sacks to this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, I mean, you know. I, zero, I saw in the se- zero in the second half. Zero when in the it second counted, half. And so. I, I mean, I saw a play... And like I said on other points during the show, like I think that Devin White and Levante David are probably the best linebacker duo of the decade, maybe since like Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. But dude, you literally on a play, Josh Allen power right, you see Spencer Brown drill Levante David, keep running downfield and just lay a lick on Devin White, like two of the best linebackers in the game. And he takes them both out in the same play. And you know what? That was for as much hype as, you know, he got when he wasn't playing. Like I'm, I'm glad that 
you know, the offensive line was able to step up and that yeah. play stuck out to me a lot. Spencer Brown struggled in uh pass pro a little bit, um, but he was electric in the running game. So if he can put it together, I mean, he's definitely the most athletic offensive lineman that they have on the team. So, yeah. I mean, and Shaq Derrick gets paid a lot of money. He's hoping he just turns into the uh, franchise right tackle because Daryl Williams doesn't seem to prepare to, to uh, do that role anymore, even though he looked good last year. Do we year, know but... how many sacks the Bills had on Brady yesterday? There is two of them. I just looked it up. So, is th- it two I, sacks? Yeah. Yeah. Number 51, I had thought at one point was Brian Cox Jr. But apparently now it is um, Eli Anaku who had the sack. He's oh, playing yeah. nose guard. Um, Let's see, he was probably a practice call, uh, squad call. Yeah, up. when Star stubbed his toe or whatever and couldn't play. But um, <laughs> he's been sacked fourteen times this year. Well, it's like the least amount of sacks that he's ever been sacked in a season. Yeah, he got sacked twice yesterday. Man, Damn. I hate this guy. I know. Ugh. You know what? I. I'm ready. I'm ready for a Bucks Bills Super Bowl though, hundred percent. Like, give me them again. Beat Brady in the Super Bowl, and I can live happy. And like the seventeen year or twenty years of pain that he caused our franchise will be forgotten. You just beat him. Beat him once when it counts. Because then, then, then he beat us thirty three times when it didn't matter as much. I agree. And realistically, if you can't see yourself beating the Panthers, Jets, and Falcons. That's all. That's those are the only three squads we have to beat to make it into the playoffs. I mean, if you can't see yourself, re- like Brandon said, Mitch Trubinsky could play next week, and I would feel fine. Like I think that, like you said, John, I, I you know we're in a position now where I, I think it's it's definitely within reach, and we saw that they can play with the best. I mean, it was one of those deals too. Like after the Kansas City game, we were floating on our chairs, you know, like, and it, it's good to see. Like, you know, flashes of that again. And I I mean, we're in a pretty good position if we play the way we played the second half, you know, of of yesterday to at least be a lock for it. I mean, probably not any better than like a seven or an eight, but still, I mean, it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't edit out the yawn. (laughs) That's all right, man. The seven and six has gotten us snoozing. Yeah. Man, I mean, this, if they put it together, I don't understand anyone who thinks that it's not possible for them to win the Super Bowl. Like, and it's not just the the climate of the AFC this year. And obviously, you know, there's 31 teams that have to go and finish the uh, finish the season on a loss. Like, I get that, but I don't know, man. Like, they're just they're so talented. Like, tell me that this isn't one of the two best rosters in the NFL, like talent wise. Well, I mean, the Browns have a great roster too, and they're sitting where we're sitting at, though. You know, I, I yeah, feel like... but I mean, their quarterback isn't anywhere near as good as ours is, and and the defense is flashed. I, I know they're not like a, a generational defense elite or anything like that, but on a good day, like they can really shut people down, and this offense can put up forty on a good day. So if if those two things start happening on the same day, like moving forward in December, then then watch out, we're going to be in for a ride. So. That might be just my eternal optimism, you know, born from having a drought full of pain, but it's not over till it's over. So I, I, I'm pretty confident. I think they'll beat New England handily, honestly. Like the Bills still have the third best Super Bowl or the third best odds to win the AFC championship. So they're, they're plus 650 to go to the Super Bowl. And behind them is the Titans at plus 850, and in front of them is New England at plus 260. 
So there's a big gap between New England and Buffalo. If you play like this in Foxborough in two weeks, you're gonna you're gonna light them up. And yeah, but you know what? Schematically, did you see the way that the Bucks were playing defense in the first half on Brady with that weird? It was too high with a third safety over the top. So it was like a cover two with a with like a free safety behind the cover two safety. And then it was like jammed at the line. It was super weird looking. It wasn't something that you'd see every day. And it, it reminded me of like one of those Belichick defenses. And it's like, do you think Brady goes into the defensive game planning too? Or do you think he just sticks on offense? Do you like, if if you're Brady, do you go to your defensive coordinator and be like, listen, this is what Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott have done to me in the past. This is what I think, you know, they might attack you on offense, right? As like an offensive mind. Do you think he helps the coaching staff? Well, I think Todd Bowles I don't know number what he one does. is probably think, like the best defensive coordinator in football though right now, I would say as well. Like an amazing yeah. player and also and I to to your point too, Brandon, I mean definitely on the offensive side of the ball and probably on the defensive side of the ball. Because you think about it, and it's like Tom Brady's playing career has lasted longer than Byron Leftwiches and he absolutely torched them every time they play. So I can't imagine you know, Byron is giving Tom too much other than Tom saying, right? watch these plays in secession, like and look for anything <laughs> out of the norm or whatever, you know. That's just so fascinating to me because do you think I, this was what my brain was in last night. I'm like, what, when do I get to fantasize about Brady not being in the league? And in my mind, I'm like, listen, okay, he is so competitive that I think that he would want to also prove that he can do it as like a coach. Like he could coach somebody to win a Super Bowl. And like, think about it. Bruce Arians is old. Tampa is warm. Bruce could like just, Okay, say Brady retires next year after another trip to a Super Bowl and like just slides in under Bruce as like this assistant head coach. And then Bruce retires because he's 70 and just hands it over to Brady. And it's like, how big of a threat is that? Because he has the mind of a god of football. And it's like, I feel like he's a coach on the field and that's why they win. I don't know. It's just they were he did a really good job of reading the Bills defense, diagnosing what was coming taking the mismatch of Perriman on Edmonds, like, and taking, you know, f- figuring out where the blitz is going and just, it's just remarkable every time. So that's what, that was my brain thinking of how to get Brady out of this league. And I'm like, well, maybe he's just going to go coach and be just as good. Yeah, as that. And he can't be an announcer. He has no personality. So he has to be a coach. Yeah. But, I was going to um, say a great football <laughs> mind, but whatever social element of the brain in, in his head is broken. Cause did you see those videos that he posted today? Yeah, like oh. all those weird things. I'm like, this is either a robot. I, I, like, I'm not oh. even sure. Hey, man, the supplements go into his brain, dude. You know, and then he's <laughs> always got like these ice cream, bro. Yeah, and then he's always got like when something happens with a player in the NFL, he's always got a picture with them, and it always looks like they're super close, about to like rub cheeks. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you remember that picture of him and Tony Dungy that was really creepy, like with really bad lighting. <laughs> Every picture, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, how many times has he had facial reconstruction surgery? Like, seriously, you think he's, so? He's diff- Dude, I really oh, think 100%, that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. If your if your wife is Giselle and she has she has access to some of the top beauty technicians in the world, you don't think that they're like, "Hey, Tom, let me come help you." Like, let's put some. It, it started with some, some like some just little yeah, uh, collagen. Shots or, yeah, some of that stuff, and and. Dude, look at this guy's jawline. Like it's that's what I was thinking. I look mean, at he his looks draft like he's picture. Perma, he, he looks like he's perma shaved though. Now it looks like he couldn't even grow a beard if he wanted to. Like he just has like a. He's probably getting that lasik treatment on his face or something. I don't know. It's probably better for his football helmet not to rub up against his chin because it probably distracts him while he's trying to read the defense. 
Or maybe Tom will just coach his kids. That would honestly, probably the best thing would be if Tom's kid is really good and then he just like coaches them in high school or something, but not good enough to the point where he terrorizes the Bills again. Um, you know. Do you guys want to get a Sabres update in? Sure. Yeah, I don't have anything though. <laughs> we just keep losing now, yeah. This has been your week. Oh, oh, yo, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got one. I got one. It's time for the weekly Sabres update. <clears throat> in a statement released by the league on Saturday, senior executive VP Colin Campbell said Victor Olofsson's goal with 57 seconds remaining should have counted because video replays could not definitively determine whether the Sabres were offsides entering the zone. This goal was the tying goal in a 2-1 loss to the Rangers on Friday. Fuck the refs! This has been your weekly Sabres update. Life in the 716. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. But, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, we'll do some Panthers preview, get a hero of the drought in. And uh, Pat's got something to tell us about Mike Zimmer's girlfriend. So uh, stay tuned. Dude, like literally Google Mike Zimmer. It'll be the first thing that comes up. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. talking to my dad yesterday and we were talking about that big Pittsburgh Steelers game you know I was talking to my dad about it and I was like oh this Mike Zimmer dude he's he just like he's he's got terrible crow's feet like he's just so angry and pouty <laughs> and he doesn't get along with anyone like who would ever even want to hang out with this guy my dad was like yo like just just google search him right now I was like what he was like yeah google search him and go to google images and it's like you type in Mike Zimmer and then it's like Mike Zimmer girlfriend immediately and he's dating a model what is she 40 years old mike zimmer is 38 she's 38 and mike zimmer is 66 65 so i mean almost uh twice her age i i am not sure what kind of uh interaction they had to meet each other but like i listen mike i'll go to the bar with you if you know what i mean you, you end up picking up women like that dude like I mean, props to you, Mike Zimmer. And what do you think Kirk Cousins is thinking, man? Like, Mike Think about Zimmer. it. Think about it. <laughs> he is 65 and she is 28. Or not 28. I'm sorry. She's 38. 38. But still, that's a, a huge difference. 27 years difference. That's my lifetime. What's the what's the divide by two add seven rule? Uh, All right, how old is Mike Zimmer? Well, even aside from know. age, I'm pa- pa- he's 65, I believe. 65 yep. divided by two is 32.5 plus seven. Now, so now she's, I don't... she's exactly the divide by two add seven rule. Now, really? I, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to trash anyone. It's crazy to think because dude, this guy was, he's got grown up kids with, with his wife, you know, like his kids have to be, his kids got to be older than 35 years old. Like this is, this is insane to me. 
if if you're Mike Zimmer and you can date a woman that's been on the cover of Maxim magazine, like, I mean, <laughs> dude, I mean, come on. I, I mean, if, if women, if that was the case where women just liked frustrated, angry, short men, then Sean McDermott would have all the women from SI swimsuit just like begging to be with him. I mean, apparently. Hey, Mrs. Knows. McDermott is a quite the lady. Is she? So, I've never, I'm, not yeah, to, I'm no, sure, I'm sure Sean is happy. But um, no, I just wanted to bring up the whole Mike Zimmer situation because if Jimmy G ended up with um, you know, <laughs> Mike Zimmer's girlfriend, I would have been like figures. But I mean, you know, figures. <laughs> <laughs> so, looking at the uh, looking at the matchup with the Carolina Panthers coming up this Sunday, um, I don't know, for some reason, the very first thing that comes to mind is: Do you guys remember when they were doing? Uh, this is the year that Ed Oliver got drafted. They had those joint practices with the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Yep. And that whole thing uh, where Cam Newton was talking smack to Ed Oliver. And uh, gosh, um, what was the name of the other guy in that frame? It was like Captain something. The guy's name, was, he was a cornerback, veteran guy. He was pretty old, only played about a half season here, I think. Oh, um, it was uh, Captain Mutterland. Oh, Captain, yeah. What, what? Was that what the was guy's the name? deal with him? Yeah, kind of. What Captain Mutterland, I think was his name. I think it was, yeah, he was just a veteran cornerback that they brought in for, uh, for depth. But anyway, random name, not, not relevant to the story, but Cam Newton was talking trash to Ed Oliver and he was just standing there looking at him. So if Ed Oliver gets a, a really nice sack in Sunday, I'll be, I'll be happy because that'll come full circle. Bro, Ed Oliver is going to get on his fucking horse, gallop down Cam Newton's front porch and take a dump on his yard when he sacks him. And he's going to get a strip sack fumble. You heard it here first. Cam Newton will fumble in this game. Fumbled the last time we saw him too, so. Yeah, he's yet he to did. play a game where PJ Walker hasn't had to come and like relieve him either. Like, you know what I mean? If he was a pitcher, he he has no complete games. Um, he's had to have some relief health, do some and mop Matt Rule is still going to go... <laughs> With the two quarterbacks, like he's still going to do the flotation, he said. I, I mean, coaching wise, I don't know how good he is, but like it's in terms of being like a cool dude that that makes me laugh. Like he reminds me of like Patton Oswalt. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Love Patton Oswalt. He's like, like Patton uh, Oswalt with a beard. Patton Oswalt also, um, I get him mixed up a lot with uh, the uh, Nathan Lane. Him and Nathan yeah, Lane similar are, are pretty similar. Yeah. And they both have pretty iconic voices as well. But anyway, that's totally aside. But Brendan, did you say that? Did you say QB flotation a couple of seconds ago? Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it because it's like, yeah, they're about to sink, bro. Dead, they're about to dead hit body an floating in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, they are QB flotation. Newton device. had a pick six on against Atlanta, right? And uh, two and a fumble. So. I really think this is gonna. They're gonna feast on him. I really hope he plays. I, I do. I finally have been waiting for this game. Yeah, this oh, is the, brand, this is the while, Brandon yeah. rant revenge game right yeah. here. Big implications. We're gonna take so. all fifteen Cam Newton rants that I've had, and we'll just that'll just be the show for next week. I can just roll that for the intro uh, uh, for this episode or Friday. I'll, maybe I'll do that for Friday's episode. As as you we'll should. Just, yeah, I've got like three for each of you just on Cam Newton. So. But he's just a likable guy. <laughs> Patty, do you have a uh, do you have a drought update ready? Or uh, sorry, do you have a yeah. drought hero ready to go? Drought update. We're never going back. <laughs> um, 
so um, please tell me that it's not impossible because it's been like kind of an impossible guest for like the last three weeks and and brandon you missed it last time but he uh he went so far as to not even pick a buffalo bill like (laughs) (laughs) i picked the guy who received i picked the guy who received the kickoff in the music city miracle i had no idea who that person was it made sense it made sense but yeah so this guy i don't know you guys probably won't he fits the mold though and i've, I've just you been probably getting down. won't <laughs> i've been getting down with the good narratives but get down with the narratives boys all right all right here we go here we go please remove your hats lift your drink and shut your trap as we salute this week's standout of the drought all right ladies and gentlemen um today's standout of the drought played for the buffalo bills for four years starting in 2001 all the way through 2004. Um, Currently, he is the director of player development for the Virginia Tech football team. Uh, He went there way back, graduated in 1999, played under the legendary Frank Zimmer. I'm sorry, Frank B. Oh my God. I was thinking it's it's Frank Beamer, but I was thinking Mike Zimmer because of the whole girlfriend thing. But um, (laughs) yeah, played with... uh, Played with Frank Beamer, legendary college coach. Had Mike Vick on the squad. Um, anyways, he uh, was drafted by the 49ers. Um, played two years there. His career, Buffalo Bills stats, 203 tackles, one pick, four fumble recoveries, four forced fumbles. Um, he played free safety, strong safety, and cornerback. Strangely enough, um, the dude played 10 years and only had one career interception. Um, his first name is the name of the company that you have to pay to submit your EdTPA submission. They also do um, some other school-related stuff, like school reading stuff. Um, This player went on to win the Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints in 2010. Um, Immediately after he got into player development and scouting, um, he... uh, as a double P for alliteration, I had to uh, actually look up how to say the name. Um, it popped out to me because it was a cool-looking name, and then I got into the uh, the stats of the player and the story. Also, one of a very select few true freshmen to start under uh, Frank Beamer. But um, anyways, you know, I didn't even know who he was, but I wanted to give him a shout-out because he had some excellent years in the league. He's a Super Bowl champ. Um, came to the party just as the drought started um pearson prelude uh i actually had pretty crazy career um pearson prelude that's who it was yeah uh yeah we didn't even i mean not that it would have mattered if we had an opportunity to guess on that idea yeah i I was literally searching on my phone virginia tech graduates oh really yeah brandon cheats um (laughs) i i that's the first time I could not get Peerless Price out of my head, and I'm like, I know, I know, double P. I think I already did Peerless Price though, didn't I? Or I did yeah, Eric yeah. Molds. You, no, you did Peerless Price. I don't think you've done Molds yet. And like before, you said cornerback. I was thinking like Aaron Schobel or something like that, but that was yeah. that was different position. Schobel, different time. I mean, he played on the same squad as Schobel. But and then I was also I was also getting early. screwed up because I was thinking like cornerbacks that went to the Saints, Jarius Bird, but he had tons of interceptions, and that yeah. was later. And we already did Jarius Bird too, so, but. No, I just yeah, was, I was that's that was a good one. If if anybody at home knew that one, tweet at us because like that is that is a name from I mean I don't even remember him honestly. That's 
I mean, no, it's a pretty good excuse. I was, I was, I was seven, you know, when he left (laughs) Buffalo. So like, I feel like I get a pass on that. And he's an enigma. I mean, the dude had a season. I mean, he like was third on the team in tackles playing cornerback and yet only had one pick his entire career. And he played defensive back, which is, I mean, that's a hard feat. And it's kind of like mean, a nickel, like the like yeah, old school nickel guy. That's what I'm thinking, like Antoine Winfield style. But um, he must have had, you know, hands of stone. But um, I just thought <laughs> it was cool that, I, you know, I just thought it was cool that he's like the director of player development for Virginia Tech. Like, that's crazy. After, yeah, you know, he was cool. like on a squad with, you know, someone like Mike Vick on those like iconic late 90s Virginia Tech. Um, team. So, you know, props to him for sure. Oh, there was one more thing that I wanted to ask you guys. So uh, predictions for, for for the last four games of the year, what do you think the record's going to be? 3-1 and one or 4-0? and Because oh? I, I think we're all on the same page there. You think they're going to sweep or you think that they're going to drop one in there? Listen, we do a jobs chart in my class and one of those jobs is called the sweeper. So I would give that job to the Bills to end the season as the sweepers to go four and up. Love it. Good luck topping that, Pat. What do you got? <laughs> well, you know what? Get the brooms ready. This was a baseball series, I'd say. You know, Bills and Four. We're headed to the uh, ALCS boys. Um I, I hope we sweep. I mean I don't see us going any worse than three and one, but you know, here's to a, a nice sweep. Yeah. I don't, I I mean there's no margin for error except for maybe one game. But yeah. Give me the sweep. Get the brooms out. Hot team going into the playoffs that nobody wants to face. Probably give me a 75% chance of a home playoff game at this point if they sweep. Because um, I, I have faith that New England will drop one or two along the way. But yeah, I'm pumped. I'm ready. December football. Meaningful December football, which is something that we never had as kids. Did we get a look at the forecast? So I got 70% of rain on Saturday. But we're we're way out, so we'll get. What more are we looking temperature wise, though? Thirty. All right. No freezing rain. That's good. Yeah. I mean, who knows? That could change by tomorrow. But. I mean, as long as we have winds less than what fifty miles an hour, we'll be okay. Apparently. But, yeah. Um, that's special. Sweet. All right. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Not Buff Podcast if you care, um, or if you want to just uh, see what we're up to, which is usually nothing good and just angry tweets during games. Yep, and you can find all of our handles in uh, at Not Buff Podcasts bio, so you can go follow all of us and uh, ruin your Twitter feed with that. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll be back on Friday for Brando's bets and our game picks. And I haven't looked at the spreadsheet yet, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, it can't be any worse than last week. We went all like Pat and I went one and five, and Brandon went two and four. So yeah, hopefully it can only well, go up from there. But you guys, <laughs> you guys got to score on the Tampa game, so. Thanks for picking yeah. Tampa. You did it. Congrats. Any <laughs> yeah. any point spread better of that game got the best outcome. Because if you bet the over and Tampa minus four, like you, that was a good bet. But you know, sad yeah. for us. So yeah. after you, and just to close it out, I think that you know you should probably take some melatonin. Or, you know, like two cups full of NyQuil before you go to bed. Because last night I just had, you know, just that vision of Tremaine Edmonds chasing Brashad Perryman, like <laughs> just like on repeat as I was sleeping, like waking up cold sweats. So anyway, gentlemen, I'll see you guys back here on Friday. And uh, until then, go Bills. I hope Josh Allen heals up and is ready for Sunday. Go Bills. 
Have a good rest of your week, guys. Take care.